This episode is brought to you by America's Rehab Campus. Get on the road to recovery with the best rehab in beautiful Arizona. Dial 1-833-272-7342. That's 1-833-ARC-REHAB. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now tuned in to the So, good morning once again, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Rcast. My name is Buddha. I'm Vance. And I'm Michaela. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. My buddy came down here all the way from Scottsdale. I'm really excited for you guys to hear his story. He's a very, very strong person. He's a good friend. And he actually got here a little bit early, so we were able to start a little bit early too, which is awesome because I think we're going to need that extra time. So, ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and give a warm warm round of applause to my good friend and your new friend, Erico. What's going on, Erico? Good morning, brother. How are you? Thank you, everybody. I am good. You know, just blessed to be here. Blessed to be here. Amen. Amen. How was the ride down here, sir? It's, you know, easy, nice and mellow. Yeah? No traffic. <laughs> I no hit traffic. traffic. <laughs> no traffic. I hit traffic in Phoenix and Tucson. Yeah, I was going to say, no traffic. That's a first. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I was a kid. Yeah, no, it's everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. It's been it's been a long time since you've been here, huh? It's been a while, man. Yeah, like maybe what? last time was your last December with you. Yeah, yeah, but uh, was it was it last December? Last December was last only a month December ago. Was with not this one. Yeah, the one before that. Okay. One. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was even before before COVID, dude. No, it wasn't. No, it was last one because it was before. Christmas, I remember. Oh, okay. Like so 2021. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, something like that. That's crazy. The facility has grown a yeah. lot, hasn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's totally different, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, different, it's, but the same, right? Yeah. The 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 energy is still the same, hopefully. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, it feels good. Yeah. That's well, good, man. Well, thank you so much for, for coming by and, and sharing your testimony with us. Nah, yeah. My pleasure. You know, as as you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've heard some of the episodes because I've been on you and bugging mm-hmm. you like crazy about it. You know, we bring different people in all the time mm-hmm. and we talk about, you know, testimonies. And for me, you know, one of the reasons why I was so excited to have you here to come and share your testimony with mm-hmm. us is because I know that your story is... You know, we all have similarities in our stories, but your story is is similar, but it's also very, very unique mm. at the same point, right? So, so why don't we get started in that? Where Where are you from, sir? So I am. You know what? Originally, you know, before we start, could I give a quick prayer? Oh, please, yeah. let's do this. Let it go. Um, thank you, Father God, for today and for all the blessings that you give us every day, Father God. And I just pray that you let your wisdom and, and your words. Flow through me, Father God, to to reach the people that you want to reach, Lord, to let them see that if you can use me to do anything, what can they not do, Father God? Uh, I pray that everything goes the way that you plan it, and in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen, Amen, bro. Okay, so I was born and raised in Juarez, Mexico. Oh man, which is anybody knows that's like homicide number one capital, homicide murder capital of the world. Yeah. Wow. How how long were you there? I was there, I want to say, maybe seven. 
Up till seven years yeah, old? something like that. But I mean, my childhood was very different in the way of I have cerebral palsy. Yeah. So I, since I was born, it was always finger pointing, like, look at this, look at this. And the sad thing is in like Hispanic, like Mexican culture, mm-hmm. they don't care about that. Parents are the ones that are like pointing at their kids. Look at that kid. Yeah. Mm. So it has always been that kind of life for me. Man, did you? I can't remember. Did do you remember? Did you ever experience anything like horrifying living down there, other than you so? Know, just... Yeah, that's what I was gonna get to. The craziest thing to me, like I've seen two things, but I mean, like through the years when I go visit my aunt, is worse. Mm-hmm. Like I've had like cartel kill my uncle, my cousin, because oh. of drugs and these things. Wow, man! So I mean, I, my life, my my family has been through that. But when I when I was born you know, over there, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't. Yeah, it just got worse as it went by. You know, so I just the only thing that I remember was years after. Was like I was walking on the way home to school, and there's a lot of kidnapping over there, and I was like this close to get kidnapped, and I didn't even realize it until like years later. Really? Wow. Yeah, because I was I remember walking, and this guy just came by me, and he's talking to me like he knows me, like he knows my parents. And he was like, oh, hey, mijo, let's go. I was like, oh, yeah. Only because my house was right there. I was like, I live right there. He just took a left, a right, Mm. and just took off. Wow. And I I blocked that from my head. Mm -hmm. He was trying trying to kidnap you? That's that's the conclusion that came to my head like years after. Because I remember that specific thing. What was he asking you? He was just like, hey, who's your dad? Where's your dad? Like, what do they do? And he's like, 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 I know your dad. He's like, but where does he work again? So he was trying to protect himself. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, you know I mean, scary dude. Yeah, and I, it was nuts. It was just because I said, "Oh, my house is right there." The dude just took a right, and then I was like, "Okay." Yeah, because criminals try to protect themselves. Yeah. So, so they lie to the one they're getting ready to do something against. Yeah, I mean, so. Man. I mean, that happens, and I felt like, okay, well, now that you look at the big picture, you're like, okay, well, God's, you know, taking care of you know this. Yes. Life. You still go through something, and then at the end of the day, a family member still, I got sexually abused. Oh wow. So, when that happens, my dad finds out, and instead of saying nothing, he beats me. This wow. is in Juarez still? Yeah. yeah. So I was just like, you say, what do you do to that? What do you do with that? As a child, you yeah. don't know what to do. So you're the one that were punished for being sexually molested? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Mm. I'm so sorry to hear yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, hey, the thing is, is like now, you know, like you look at it and it's like, you know, it's it's just meant to be this kind of life for the purpose you have in your life. Yeah. That's how I see it now. Yeah. Do you have any siblings? I have a brother. You have a brother? Yeah, my brother. But, you know Did I mean? your brother ever experience anything like that? Or No. Like, it's just me. You know? Yeah. How old are you, brother? Me right now, I'm 42. And how old, how old were you when that happened to you? I was probably like six or seven. Because you just brought back to memory two of my own kids here in Tucson, Arizona, when I was in the NFL, actually, were being sexually molested by their mother's bo- boyfriends and their husbands. Mm. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, man. That so many kids have to go through that. Yeah, I mean, so that was that. But I mean, every like everything was just always pain of always everybody looking at you like you're different, you're wrong, you're this, you don't fit. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean, that's this corrupt world we live in. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, like, like that's I said. the beginning of time. And and how was the relation? Like, how was the um? You don't mind me asking the relationship, like with your mom when she found out. My my mom didn't know till years later, man. Like years later. Like, oh, really? I'm talking about like we were over here, and I was like in high school, and I started talking about these things because I was like I felt so much, yeah, like rage and anger because of all these things that've been through my life. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask a question. Mm-hmm. So how, how did, if that happened when you were six, how did mom not hear about it? You didn't tell her or you were told some, not to No, tell her? no. It's just because I'm a kid, right? And my dad is the one that found out he beat me. My mom, for some reason, was not in the house. And I, when I told her, she's like, I don't know. Mm. And then that was the end of that. Because, oh. you know, like Latino families, also it's like, you don't talk about any of this. You don't okay. do any of that. Okay. Yeah. How it, it's like, oh, you know what I mean? Sweep it under the rug. That's right. what yeah. you do. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no mess if it's under the rug. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That, that You know, a lot of families are like that too, yeah. man. So. Well, after after that happened, is that what made you guys move to the United States? No, no, it was just uh, we moved just because like my my grandfather he was in the um, army, okay, or the Marines. I don't remember, but he's the one they like with my grandma. He, you know, he fixed everything. They fixed our papers to come over. That's the way we came this way. Okay, you know, so. Well, thanks for proving people can come to America. They just have to come legally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And yeah. so did you do all of your academics and stuff here? Um, no, I did. Like, I wasn't like till like fourth grade in Mexico, fourth beginning of fifth grade. And then like I just they moved me to El Paso. Oh, man. And no. then El Paso is like, no ESL, no nothing. They're just like, boom, there you go. Yeah. And I was like, mm, yeah, I don't know. I'm learning like English from Sesame Street. One. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and my uh, teacher was like, she was just like, mm. yeah. You know, giving me like whatever attitude just because of, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, but. How did the kids treat you at school when you came over to Texas? It's, it's the same, man. It's always like, again, always an outcast just because. Yeah. People, they see something different. And kids, man, kids, they say kids are ruthless. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. They're just like straight up, boom. You know what I mean? They don't care for your feelings for nothing. What listening to uh, this stand-up comedian, John Mulaney, he's like, kids are so brutal. He's like, they'll point out things that you hate about yourself. He said that this kid was telling him that he had feminine hips. And he was yeah, like, oh, my yeah, God, that, uh, that hurts so bad. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. I mean, and that's how it was. And you know, you can laugh about it now. Yeah. But at that time, it was just a bunch of bitterness and anger because it's like, yeah, that yeah, it came to the point that even, even teachers, because I had a teacher. Yeah, you know, I mean, I probably might jump up and down like a little bit, but I had a teacher in seventh grade as a teacher, as a math teacher. Uh huh. And I tried very hard to understand these things, and I'm like, whatever. And I just couldn't do it. And then she even said, like, a person, like, another girl to teach me, to show me, you know. And then, uh, then like, not two minutes later, she's like, don't even waste your time on him. He's worthless. He's pointless. Mm. And for me to hear that, I was like, Phew. Yeah, that's, I mean, that and, like, I go, and then it goes back to all my life, always having, always negativity, like, always pointing, always this. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, I couldn't, I can't. Wow. It's so much that I blocked a lot of that stuff for years, like years. Yeah. Well, and that's just as a teacher, teachers are there to encourage, to help, mm-hmm. to to teach, to yeah. teach children. And to I feel like teachers also like are there to kind of protect the innocence of a child a little bit. Like, so yeah. to do that, that's mm-hmm. like the total opposite. And I've had experiences with teachers, nothing like that. But mm-hmm. it's just, it's hard when your teachers don't believe in you. You're like, well, why am I even trying then? Yeah. I mean- yeah, you know, and and I forgot to mention, like I said, I as a kid, like even going in church, because I I was raised in a Christian home, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My mom, my mom, when I was born, she changed her life, and she was like this. And I remember going to church, and I was already like, if I got so great. Why would he make me like this? Why would I not have? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And so all I would do is just draw when I was at church. My mom was like, here, here. So I would just sit there and draw and draw. And I've done that all my life to cope with a lot of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's how I became like a, an artist and a digital content creator and all these things. Mm. Yeah. And I use my art to draw like the feelings that I felt at the time when I go speak. I remember drawing these drawings and I'm going to show you here and there. Tears would come down my 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 cheeks just because I was like, man, why does it still hurt if I already talk about it, I deal with it, but I was still letting more of it, you know, yeah, slip off with these drugs, and I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't understand it. Yeah, you know I mean, it'd be like this one where I drew this, and it was just I wrote everything that people would, oh my god, would wow. call me and say. For know? me, I see that, and I I think of somebody in the fetal position. Being broken. That's basically what I was trying to put. Yeah, you know I mean, and, mm-hmm. you know, and and because of those things, so I would have this rage, and I would try to put it. Oh in, wow! In my, you know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah, you know, like that's how I felt inside. I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what how to feel. Oh man! Like I, it's just. Do you mind? Do you mind if we share these with the oh, listeners? No, man. I'll give you all this. That's fine. Okay. You know what I mean, oh man, it's beautiful. It's yeah. an eye, and, and yeah. the iris is somebody in pain. Ugh. Wow, that's nuts. Yeah, Ever since I was young like you, I was not. Yeah, that's wow. awesome, bro. Interesting. That's good. I have to check out your work. You literally brought that back to memory. That's awesome, though. Let's see, there going. you go. Let's there you go. Going. <laughs> and I was also in church and just drawing like you. See, there you go. Those wow. similarities. That's awesome. I love it. That's cool, man. So mm-hmm. your mom is who who brought you to the faith. That's who introduced you to it. Yeah, yeah. So, so how was it growing up, like, academically? I know, you know, growing up when you're young, the younger kids can be very ruthless. But as you continued in your academics, middle school, high school, you know, where people are starting to be more understanding and more mm-hmm. getting into themselves, mm-hmm. were you still dealing with that scrutiny, I guess? I, I, of- I dealt with this anger and, 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 and people were always picking Because the older you get, the more they have, people feel like they have to make an example of something. Mm-hmm. Really? It's just that way it was with me in my age. Yeah, my time. Yeah, I'm at the same time, kind of like you. You know, yeah, we have all these people that are trying to be gangster and all these things because of Dr. Dre and all these things and blah blah blah. That's oh, my yeah. time. So everybody, even everybody and their mother, are trying to be like, I'm some kind of gangster. You That's know what what's mean? up. That's, <laughs> what's up. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Yeah, like middle school. Middle school is when mentally I had enough. So even even though I, I was born with cerebral palsy, like since I was a kid. I always pushed myself. I always was like, no, because I was got, always got picked on and all these things. So I was like, I was always like, how can I feel better? How can I walk better? How can I do this? Mm-hmm. How can I do that? And I was always pushing myself. So like, I, if I can, if they can do this, why can't I do that? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. how I always looked at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And middle school, it, it got to a point where even my brother was helping me, and I would put, I would lay it, like sit on the floor. This is how far I would go, and put like the forty-five uh, plates. Mm-hmm. And I would put them straight on my legs So it would stretch my legs out And I would put like four or five And stack them And it was a horrible pain Really? But in my head wow. I was like Stretching my nerves And stretching my bones it's Yeah like Making this stuff like straight mm-hmm. Wow You know what I mean? And I was very movable back then Not like I am today Because I mean that's the ages That's you know years ago Cerebral palsy just starts Deteriorating mm-hmm. Yeah Yeah I mean bones and, and muscles Man Which I have this other thing That's called muscle plesia Which is the weakness of the muscles So Okay. Your muscles will shrink faster than like a regular person. You know what I mean? So if I don't do nothing, so if I work out, I have to keep working out, so it'll go away. So you you started getting so like with high school and stuff. Did you try doing like bodybuilding things like that? So I'll say middle school. I when the wrestling thing bit me. Like you know, like cause I was like, I could do this. This is this is this is you know strength. Yeah, and I always had like upper body strength. Uh huh. Like legs, not so much, but upper body strength. And I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna do this. And that's when I was like, 
letting my rage, you know, just from all these years just come mm-hmm. out and things like that. And, and it got to a point where I figured out that if I was like, if some guy comes at me and tries to make, an, you know, something, an example for me to make them feel better, I'm just going to make an example of this dude and everybody yeah. is going to leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was to the point of when I do that, it was not like, I'm just going to beat you up. It's like, I'm trying to kill you because all these rage would come out. Yeah. And all the like teachers would be like this. They would call my mother and then they'll be like, your kid's insane. Your kid's a monster. You know, because they're like trying to get three, four people off of me because once I would go, it's like all this. Wow. Would go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I did, I did get that point where I just did that to that one kid. And so there was a situation. That yeah, I ha- I've had many because wow. of the, the situation of it. Well, it's you know, almost, it, it sounds to me like it was almost your way of coping. Like you, yeah. you've yeah. been pushed to the edge for, you know, your whole life up at that point. At some mm-hmm. point, enough is enough. And it's just, you you don't have the capacity to hold it in anymore. Yeah. yeah. So I could tell you a story of, of the first time that happened. Uh-huh. So I was in sixth grade. And there was this kid, the kid that everybody picks on. Mm-hmm. He decided to pick on me. Mm-hmm. So we were in a lunch line and everything, and this kid was just like picking on me, and I just turned around, grabbed him, choked him, put him against the wall, and all this anger just came out. I had like three lunch ladies trying to, and they were like, this kid's insane. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I was like, who is this kid trying to, you know? Yeah. I was, mm-hmm. that, that was enough for me, you know? And then it went to like middle school where it was always like, I just have to get the first guy that comes in and just beat him and-, and Yeah. They'll be left alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, then nobody, I'd rather have people be like, that dude's freaking nuts. Don't talk to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got to set that dominance yeah. in the yard. <laughs> yeah. Protecting yeah. yourself. Crazy. Yeah, no, for sure. And, yeah. and how sad to think too, like that bullier, the one who was bullying, who got bullied, became the bullier. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's what happens. Yeah. You know, hurt people hurt people. Weren't mm-hmm. you the one that said that last yep. time? Hurt people hurt people. Yeah. And that is very common for because it's almost as if it's a learned behavior. Like that's the only behavior that they're receiving. So in return, that's the only thing they know how to give is to to bully back instead of you know meeting people with love. But bullying is a is a problem. Yeah, I was bullied. I have talked through kids through that have been bullied now, and it all it does is hurt the person. Yeah, it does. I remember two three years ago when they were like, "Oh, the teachers and everybody's like, oh, stop the bullying," and they're actually caring. Mm-hmm. I was I got mad. I was like, where the hell was that crap when I was young? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> why does everyone yeah, care now? That, why does everybody care now when I'm not there? It's not right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, especially when you're the one that was bullied. It's hard to see people finally taking the stand. Where before it was just like, nah, well, he's just a bully. He's yeah. just a bully, honey. Don't worry. You know, but it's like it, there is a responsibility to parents to teach their children right from wrong. And if, if you allow your child to be a bully, you're just, you are have the breeding ground for yeah. more bullies. Yeah, totally. So. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, I, at the time, and that's what I would draw, like these things where at the time I really felt like just broken and have like, I'm like, I feel this anger and then I feel so sad and alone and separate from everybody. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. at the time growing up too, cerebral palsy wasn't like a, such a common thing to talk about. It yeah. Really wasn't. Did you know anyone who had it? No, that's what I'm saying. Even to the day. Dude, to the day, it's like it's hard to really see people that you see that have the thing that you have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it's not, I mean, it's out there more, but. It's rare still. It's One of rare. my good friends has cerebral palsy, and that was how I learned about it because mm-hmm. I met her later in life, and and she has the most pure heart, but she shared so, so many things that have happened to her because 
of this, you know, label that's been put on her. And she's like, you know, I have a disease, but that doesn't change me being human. And it's like, it, it's true because I mean, like I have a disease, but, but you can't see mine, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't see Mm -hmm. what my autoimmune is. People don't understand it. So it doesn't put that label on me in the same way that when it's something that affects your body physically. Yes, yes, exactly right. So you found uh, did, when you were doing like the working out, like with the wrestling and stuff, did you find a lot of peace in, in pushing your body? Were you able to do a lot of stuff? I was stuff? pushing my body, yeah, because I mean, it was just like, like I like I always start when I speak and I always start, I always say, like, you got to understand, like, number one, cerebral palsy is basically brain damage. That's what it is. Okay. I mean, because it's like it affects your brain and all your nerves and it depends to the extent okay. to everybody else. Yeah, you know I mean, but it is some form of brain damage. Yeah. And my point to say is like, you don't understand that when you're young, but you do understand that your brain is a muscle and you can train it to do whatever you want. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I learned that, but at the time I was like, you know, it's just me, but it's like the, I want it, I want to be this, I want to be something more than like a regular person, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm, I'm curious to know where like the addiction started to play. Were, were you using at all? Like in school, did you ever dabble? So I was, I got to a point where... When I got to high school, I was already in a gang. I was already with my buddies in, you know, ghetto, you know, Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And then we had moved to Scottsdale to, to hire. That's when I was going to high school. But I still stayed over here with the friends and other stuff. So I would go to high school and I would take an ounce of weed in my, my jeans. Because they're like, they're never going to say me. Oh, dang. The same with me. Yeah. They're not going to look at it. You know, so I would go and I would sell it at high school. Oh, wow. And like nothing. Because I was like, they're not going to say nothing. So I was selling it. I did... I did everything, every drug except for hair. But I was doing it just because I was just so mentally disturbed. Yeah. That it was like, I'm just, okay, well, you know, God did this and this, so I'm just going to do whatever I want. And I would block all these think these thoughts and stuff like that. But, you know, by the grace of God, I never got addicted to anything of that. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And and uh, I was in the news twice. <laughs> okay. Right? I was in the news once for getting... Jumped by a Horizon High School, by a, a, Scott, a high school in, in... I went to Horizon. Uh, yeah, I was to say. Was I, it Michaela? Did she jump? She, it was at a big party, man. <laughs> I don't know. She might remember it. I mean, how old are you? Yeah, I'm 29. Yeah, no. <laughs> but it was a big party. It was in the news and newspapers and everything. Cause, and it was like, the story of it is like insane. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I went there because my buddy went to that school so he's like, oh, they're going to throw a party. And I was like, people already knew me. I was like, oh, that's the dealer that guy sells, that guy does. So I went to the party. <laughs> I had all my, you know, my, my weed and stuff like that. And I was just hanging out with a bunch of people and smoking. And there was this guy that came to me and he was like, hey, this guy wants to fight you. And I was like, I don't care. And I just kept smoking. And then they would come again. Hey, this guy wants to fight you. And I was like, okay. And I was like being a stupid person at the time. I was like, let me just handle this and I'll come back. So I went. And once I went and saw the guy and everything, I, I saw that it was all a setup. Because in the, the house that I was at, it's a huge house. They had like a basketball court, a tennis court, like a huge backyard. Wow. Right? So then the next thing I knew is like, it's me and my friend. And it was like the whole party was in a circle, half a circle against the wall. So they turn off the lights, you know, start like throwing beer cans that are still full. And there was a guy that I guess decided to be the one guy to throw the first punch. And that guy threw the punch, and then I moved out of the way, and I jumped on him, and I was trying to punch him. And as soon as I, was, I went down and punched him, I was like, stupid. Then the whole party just came, and I was getting kicked. And that's why if you see the dents here, those are from the boots and all that. Wow. Right here in the cut, you know what I mean? 
Yeah. So I got kicked many times. I was holding this guy as a cover. But at the same time, I was like the rage and I was choking him. And I remember just something popped and then he let go. And I was still using him as a cover. And I just started seeing white spots every time I got kicked. Boom, boom, boom. Then I passed out. And then I remember waking up and there was these two girls. They're like, hey, they're, you know, your friend, you know, they're beating up your friend. And they carried him, they had him up and they threw him down. And when I was trying to walk over there, I got a bottle cracked on my head and that's how I got this big scar. Man. So I pass out again. I wake up and I'm like held against the basketball pole, like the hoop and the pole, like the metal poles back, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then the guy that started everything was right in front of me. And I was like, I'm trying to move and everything, but I was so tired and exhausted that I couldn't. And then that guy was saying stuff and I remember what it was, but he just kept slamming my face on the pole. Mm. Passed out, woke up in the back of the car, and I'm like, I don't know what day it is. I don't know what it is. I don't know nothing. You know what I mean, and I'm like looking at my friend's buddy, and he was all nice and clean cut. I was like, I guess we're going somewhere. I was like, that's cool. <laughs> we're yeah. gonna ride or whatever. Then I look at my friend; he has this huge cut too. And I was like, dude, what the hell is wrong? What's going on? You got a cut? He's like, he's like, what are you talking about, bro? I was like, look at yourself. He's like, look at your hand. All my fingers were broken. I mean, like I had like I had like. I had, like, blonde hair at the time with, like, this freaking, you know, the little red tail like the cholas would do. Yeah. My hair was just bright red, you know, lips busted and everything. So I went home, and dumb me was like, I'm going to take a shower, which you're not supposed to. You know, concussions and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And I remember just, you know, getting out of there, and then my mom was like, what the hell is wrong? Because she was right at the door, like, taking a shower at 3 in the morning. You know, it's like, it doesn't work in high school. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you said you were in the news for that? Yeah. And did you did you go to the hospital at any point? or No, no. I just did it because I was like, I'm so freaking, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I had drugs and all this stuff. And then that guy, whatever happened to him. And then the cops came to me and they were like, yeah, they, you know, the guy's really hurt. We don't know if he's going to press charges or anything or whatever. And I'm just like, okay, you know, whatever. And I remember I was very angry and, and still my rage. That I went and I would go to the guys to the school, and I don't know how the school knew that I was going, and I was with the homies, with the lawyers, and all this. You know, what I mean, and I tell you this just because later it'll make sense too. Yeah. Um, and the you know the cops were there, whatever. So I found out where he worked, and I went to his work, and I was like, dude, don't you walk out of here? He's like, you know, you do, everything you did is like, you're done, you're done, and there's all this anger, and you know, call the cops again, and then two weeks after that, I was going to already to a charter school, so I had already dropped out of school. Okay. So I was going to a charter school. And two weeks after that, there's like a charter school where you go either in the morning or in the afternoon for school, right? And then I had met this girl there. And she went to school in the morning that time. And she was like, oh, I have to stay here till after for her brother picking. And my house is like two blocks away. So I was like, you know, you can come and hang out at my house. And then, you know, whenever your time has come, come back, right? And then my my buddy from, you know, from... <laughs> My buddy calls me. He's like, yo, man, we got like this huge bottle of tequila. And we got this and that. He's like, you, like uh, our homie's going to go swoop you up. And I was like, okay. So I told her. I was like, you know what? I was like, he, uh, my buddy's coming. We can give you a ride or you can come with. Mm-hmm. She said, no, no, I'll go with you guys. So I was like, okay. You know, let's go. So she comes with. We go. You get like super drunk and all this stuff. So it's me and, and, you know, my two buddies and her. And his like his parents wouldn't care what we did because yeah. they were like, it's in the ghetto. It's all this stuff. Yeah. But it was, you know, my buddy was like, dude, two, three dudes and a girl. It doesn't fly with nobody. Yeah. Right. So 
I was like, well, I'm too drunk. I ain't going nowhere. And she, and, and she was like, uh, let me call my cousin. No, my sister. She called her sister. And then as soon as she called her sister, like, you know, like everything hit her. So she was really drunk. She just started mumbling. So I grabbed the phone and I was like, hey, your sister's here. She's like really drunk, you know, come and pick her up or whatever. She's like passing my sister. So I pass her the phone back and then she, she hangs it up. She's like, no, no, take me to my cousin's. I was like, I ain't going nowhere. She leaves with my friend. I was like, that's not my business. I'm just here to, you know, have fun, whatever. Homeboy comes back half an hour later. And he's like, oh, she threw up all over the truck and I had to clean it up and other stuff. And, he's, and then we took her in, into the the house and then she was she would tell me specifically, don't let me go. Don't leave me alone. Don't leave me alone. Yeah. So I felt like this. Conviction? Yeah. Man, where I was like, I have to. So then even though we're leaving and he's like, you guys got to go. So I was like, all right, man. I know everybody's he's drunk and I'm like not right and all this. So we're driving down the freeway and we got off and, and it was this road where there's construction. You have all the signs and stuff. And when we turned, he hit one. So we had a cop behind this. So then I'm like, oh, dude, I was like, pull over, bro. You know what I mean? He's like, I can't do that. He's like, it's like, dude, I was like, I have three warrants. Truck is stolen. <gasps> wow. And I was like, I, in my head, I was still like, you know, bro, pull over, drop me off, keep going. But he's like, no. So we ended up in a chase. I was in, that was the second time on the news. Jeez. I had a helicopter on us and everything, you know? And um, we get to an intersection and... Uh, he couldn't stop in time, so we hit a van. So it was hit on my side first. Oh, man. My reaction was just to hug the girl for whatever reason at the time. So I was like, oh, she has a seatbelt. So as soon as I got hit, I just held her. And then this is where I tell people, it, was like, it felt like, like, uh, like a movie, like slow motion, you know, where I'm looking at her. I'm looking at, I can't breathe. And like my help mind just for whatever reason. But I'm holding her. She's like bleeding from her eye, her nose. And then I look at, uh, at my homeboy, and he looks at the rear mirror, and he just takes off running. So I'm still like, what the hell is going on? It was so fast, right? And then I'm like looking at her, looking at the whole situation. So I look at the mirror, and then the cop car just like nicked him, and he went over the, the hood. Poof. He hit him? Like, like barely. It was, it was, to me, it looked like it was barely. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> but I was just like, what the hell is this like for real? And I was like, am I really... Watching this stuff. Yeah. And I look at her again, and then I turn around. And then I had like four cop car, four cops with their guns. They're like, hey, raise your hands up, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, hey, I don't want to move her. She, you know, I don't, I, don't wanna, I don't know if she's hurt. They're like, yeah, we don't care, like blah, blah, blah. And they tried to open the door, and they couldn't. So they broke the rest of the window, and then they dragged me down. They threw me down, put handcuffs. And in my head, I was still like, is she okay? Is she okay? Is she okay? Right? They uh, put me, you know, have handcuffs. They put me against the cop car. And I'm looking at the whole picture of it. And I see, I see her, you know, getting put in the gurney and they're putting her in the ambulance. And then homeboy, like they were using the, what do you call it? Because I guess his heart stopped beating. Your friend? Yeah. The one that got hit? Yeah. The, the, what is it? The defibrillator, I think? Yeah. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah, so yeah. they were using that on him. I'm looking at the truck. What about the third friend? The other guy? No, he stayed home. Okay. Okay. So it was just us because it was a it was a truck. Yeah. Right. And then um, I look into the truck, and the truck, the tire is almost on top of the hood, and it was like my door was like this, and everybody's like this, and all I came out was like a bruise on my leg. You know, that's just God putting His hand there. Yeah. So they're like, "We're gonna take you 
to the hospital and we'll question you there. And I was like, that's cool. In my head, I was still like, this is a hell of a story. Can't wait till I tell him because I didn't do nothing. Yeah. Go back with my buddy and drink and be like, eh, we'll laugh about it. Or we'll be like, this is insane. Yeah. Right? That's how stupid I was at the time. I mean, so I go, they question me. I tell them everything exactly how it happened. And then they go back. They're like, okay. So then this cop lady comes back and she's like, hey, tell me what the heck really happened. And I was like, I just told your friends, whatever. She's like, no, she just woke up and she said that you kidnapped her from school. You forced her to drink and then you raped her. They're like, because of this, you go to jail, you go to prison. It's like second degree felony. Right? And I was so angry that I was like, screw it. Doesn't matter. And I still walking out and I had her sister telling me what I'm going to die of, how horrible I am. It's like, look at you crippled, trying to take advantage of a woman. All these things. So I'm going. I'm not, like, with the, to me, like, life is pointless. There's, I hate it. It's nothing. Right? I go, you know, you go to, like, here, like, they call it, what was it? They call it the horseshoe, and now they call it, like, the matrix where they take you around. The cells before you go and talk to the judge, and the judge tells you what your bail is and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? So then I did that, and then when I went to talk to the judge, the judge was like, he looked at the whole thing, and he was like, yeah, no. He's like, we're sending you to, like, you're not going to go to, like, a regular little jail. You're like, we're sending you to Durango, which is like a prison. And I was like, okay. They're like, we're going to send you there, and your bail is, like, half, like, a quarter of, of a million dollars. And again, I was like, whatever, it doesn't matter. But once I got to to prison, it was like, like, I tell people, I don't care who you are. I don't care how tough you are, how tough you think you are. It's really going to test you. It's going to make you cry. You're going to see. You're going to cry. You know, and I remember going there and, and my friend's sister, the guy that stayed home, she had her boyfriend and he was in the same spot. But like, it's like the, the right there's a huge warehouse and then in each corner there's different big cells mm. and they have you in the middle and you have, you know, all your clothes and everything, you know, your covers. And that guy was like, hey, he's like, send them to our block. You know, and like, that's my cousin. And the cop was like, say no effing family reunion. So they put me in the worst cell because of that. And even the cops themselves were calling me like, look at you crippled ass taking advantage of women. You're going to learn today. You're going to learn. Wow. So I still have that even there. And I'm like, everywhere I was going in my life, it was always things like that. And it wasn't until that night, that night right there is when I, I was like, you know, oh God, I am so tired. I'm tired of everything. I'm tired of all this anger, I'm tired of like just life, period. Like it's it's like everything that I try to do, it doesn't work. There's nothing but pain and anger. You know, I'm I'm giving it all to you, you take care of it. It is like I am just done completely. So when you say you take care of it, does that mean you Yeah, repent? I was like, I you know, I'm letting you in my life, Father God, take you know. I'll let you finish. Yeah, you know, clean you in, you know, wash me with your blood, you know, give me that Holy Spirit, Father God. You know what I mean? All did you do that? Without repenting, and did you repent? Oh, no, I was repenting. Yeah, okay. yeah, no, no, I was repenting. When I'm listening. Yeah, I'm yeah, always yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. No, no. repent since coming? good. Yeah, no, I was. You okay. know, I mean, totally. I did Thank the, you for saying that. Yeah, I did the whole thing, and I some was people like, real quick because some people use God just as a slot machine and say, just no. take it away from me, rather than yes. saying, Lord, yes. I'm sorry, or, or let's see what God wants to do. Right. Yeah, without yeah. doing anything. Thanks yeah. for that. Okay. Yeah, no, completely. You know what I mean? Like I always knew what to do that because I grew up in that, but I was always like, no, no, no. Yeah. It's me. It's me. It's what I can do. What I do. That was me. 
You know what I mean? And it wasn't until that that I repented. I was like, no. You know exactly. I mean? mm-hmm. God, take control. And that's just what Jesus said when he started his ministry, to tell mm-hmm. everyone to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. It didn't exactly. say, just say, use me as a slot machine and just say you believe and you get to go to heaven. Exactly. Yes. You know what I mean? Awesome. So, so it was that. And then the next day, <laughs> this is where it's like a funny stories, but I mean, at the time, like not to me, they're funny, but you know, maybe at the time they weren't. But I woke up and then... They never gave me the slippers that I was supposed to have. So I was just walking around with socks. Mm-hmm. And I woke up and there was this guy that came to me and he was like, hey. He's like, yo, you need some slippers, right? And I was like, I was like, oh, well, yeah. I was like, but I mean, I know how prison works. It's like, I'm not about to do no favors. <laughs> you yeah. know, because I'm just like trying to. Yeah. And he was like, calm down, bro. He's like, because if I wanted to take it, I would take it. So I was like, okay. He's like, I'm just trying to be nice. I'm like, okay, I'm just, you know, I don't know. I don't know the rules that you, whatever. But the 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 cool thing about that, that even there, God takes care of you, is he's put me in the cell with like the main dude of the, his, like the Mexicans there. So, you know, every, it's like every. Separated by race. Yes. You know what I mean? So you got the Mexicans, which is sad because you have. You know, white people, the African-Americans, and then you have Mexicans. And then the Mexicans, we still divide ourselves. Mm. You had the Mexicans, and you had, like, the illegal Mexicans. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he, I mean, I was set up with him and his right-hand guy, and like they were showing me, like, this is what you do. This is how you go. This is where this is. If things go down, the things right here, you know what I mean? So protection, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, this sounds freaking insane. But I'm like, okay, you know, I mean, this is what it is. And... The guy, the guy, um, the guy, his right hand, 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 right hand, hand guy, he, he always carried his little Bible. So yeah. he was like, oh, you could use it wherever you want. So I would just grab it and I would read, you know, and it give me like the strength and this stuff. Like, you know, like to be like, okay, you know, I'm like, God's showing me things. I remember there was a guy that was leaving and right there, they give you like this cardboard box. And that's where you put your toothbrush and your little things like that. But it's like a car- white cardboard box. Yeah. And the guy was leaving and he was like, he just, I didn't know. I never talked to the guy before or anything. And the guy just looked at me. He was like, here you go. And he gave me like his pencils and his paper. I was like, that's just another God. Because he didn't know me for nothing. To draw. Yeah. So I was just like, okay. And I started to draw. And, and at the time in prison, it was like, it's either like cigarettes. Yeah. Or like these little Kool-Aid bar- barrels. Yeah, those were like the big money thing. So there, you like even like toilet paper, you had to fight for toilet paper because everybody will go grab it and then they'll trade you stuff for it. Yeah. So it was like a bunch of stuff like that. But because that guy gave me that, I never had to deal with any of that. And if you don't mind me, I just have a couple of questions. Things that came into my mind, like for one, like with the situation with that female that you went through. You know, I know, I know you said that you know the buddy that you were with took her when when she, when she mm-hmm. was really drunk too mm-hmm. you know did you ever have an opportunity to make peace with that situation or with anyone in that family or uh anything like that and then my second question was like i know how when you go to prison like a lot of the inmates know about your history before you even show up like mm-hmm. they know who you are did they mm-hmm. did they treat you a different way when you came in or when i came in they were i mean it was a, like cold you know don't you sleep you know we know what whatever but that's why i said that's why i tell people you can cry, man, because you, you'll be like, yeah, all these people. Yeah. And, like, they put me in a cell with, like, murderers and all these things, and I was like, this isn't pretty crazy. Yeah. So you're always walking, like, with a guard up, you know what I mean? And um, the thing with with uh, her, 
I never got to talk to her or anything. I talked to like my buddy, the guy that was driving, before I went into prison because we were both in, they put us in the same cell. And I was like, dude, what happened? That's the first time I got to talk to him after all this, after the whole crash and everything. And I was like asking him because I was like, dude, what did you do any of that? You know what I mean? And I never got like a straight answer, but the guy ended up getting like 10 years because of other stuff. Hmm. So I never got to talk to him again. Never. I talked to my friend after for a couple of years, but he was like, oh, they're living somewhere else. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't want. Wow. You know what I mean? But um, so I just started to draw and I would draw all these, an- a bunch of angels, 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 angels. You know what I mean? And then people were coming and like, oh man, I'll give you my lunch or this. Cause they, you know, they'd send the letters to their wives, girlfriends, whatever. And they would always want a drawing. So that's why I never, I never had to deal with like, oh, I don't have toilet paper. I don't have food. I don't have this. You found your toilet paper. Yeah. Like, like I was <laughs> just like, write things like I never had to fight for anything, which was like beautiful how God just does those things even when you don't ask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and I remember one of the instances is like the main dude for for the the African American people, like the main guy, huge dude, like freaking wide, three big old fat braids, and he was just walking towards me, and I'm just drawing, and I'm freaking out. He's like walking slowly towards me, and I was like, oh my god, you know this dude. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if I have to stand my ground, I mean, he's going to beat the crap out of me, but yeah, I have to stand my ground. And he walked, and he got close to my table, and he just stood there. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so I look up, and I was like, what's up? And then he just sat down. He's like, can you make me a drawing? <laughs> I was like, oh, oh really? <laughs> That's cool. But I was like, at the time, because he just looked so mean coming in. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, dude, no way. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? So at the time, I'm th- this is happening, and I was in there for like a month, month and a half. And I remember the first time that this is an amazing story, too, in, inside, where God was just putting his hand there. Yeah. So they were like, oh, you know, they're like Diaz visitors. You know, I was like, okay. So they're like, oh, you got three visits today. He's like, lucky man, right? And I'm like, okay. And I remember going, and the first time, the first people I, I saw was like my brother and my dad, because my mom, she's like, my mom could not make it. She was like, she couldn't see me in prison. So that hurt a lot, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I was like, it's, you know, now you look at it, like, does it make sense? Yeah. I remember after the visit, they put you in a little room. They strip you down, and you have to... Squat and spread. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to do this for two more meetings, bro, because it's everybody there, and they're checking you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I went back, and they're like, oh, you're going to come back for another one. And then when I went back to the other one, and I would go into the same little room. There's a different cop, and everybody's like, everybody strip, squat, except for you. And I was like, okay. Then I left, came back, had my last one with, like, the girlfriend at the time. And there's a different cop. I was like, everybody strip down and squat, except for you. If I was a different person... You know I mean, I could have used that as an advantage, but I was like, you're looking at it like, whoa, you know what I mean? That's yeah. something they don't, they shouldn't even do that, but for, you know, God's grace and his hand on the spot. It's like, yeah. That's what it was. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I, I would call my parents and everything and I would tell them, don't pay because they were trying so hard to figure out and get the money and all this stuff. And I would tell them, don't pay, you know, the, whatever it is that you have to pay the bill. And they were like, no, no, we're trying to. I was like, I'm telling you, don't pay. You know, God's doing things. And at the end of the day, like, they still paid it a day before I had to go to court. You know what I mean? And they were like, you're out. And I remember at this time, man, it was like, it was a lot of like, um, it felt like high school, which is so weird to say that in prison. Because everybody was like talking to each other, just joking around, playing. And 
it didn't feel like there was issues. Yeah. Like, and I like when I came in, you know what I mean? And um, everybody was hanging out in our cell before, like, so when they go, lights out, like, you could still walk around in that big place. And then we would hang out in the cell, and I had all these the candy and juice, and I was like, oh, man, take it out, whatever. And everybody wanted the box that I made, because it was like that the box, and I just drew all these angels yeah. and stuff, and everybody was trying to, you know, oh, what do you want for that? I'll give you this, I'll give you that. And I was like, no. I gave it to this old guy, man, that he was always, like, helping out, and he would always read the Bible and you know, this stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then the coolest thing is that I got from there is before I left, they, one of the guys, they made me this ring. What does it say? It's the letters that I have from my gang. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. But they made it, so they basically use like cardboard. Uh-huh. And like, you know, from the shirts, they'll take off the thread and then they'll dye it and then they'll make it. Uh-huh. And then the idea that they were up at like two in the morning to be like, every single be like, hey man, you know, be good. You, you, you have so much retention, all these things. They made that for and you. And they made that for me. It's like the thing that I treasure the most. Really? Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's a lot to me because what it says to me now and when I go and talk to people, it's like, it shows you that even people that are, that are like murderers, whatever, like drug dealers, gang members, whatever, man, you, you they still have heart. They still have potential mm-hmm. to be good. They still have... You know what I mean? Don't don't just because yeah. people make them, oh, this is what you are. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't mean that's all there is. You don't even see those letters anymore. It's just the meaning behind yeah, it. Yeah, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Exactly. You know what I mean? So I leave that and I'm out and my my mind was like, I can't hang around with these people. So my friend that, that stayed behind, that guy was like, to me at the time, that was like my blood brother. That was it. And I was like, you know what? I don't want, I don't want to like, Leave all this behind and leave him there. It's like I want to save him. I want to, you know, him to have a better life. I want God to be, you know, help him out. All these things. That's the one that did ten years. No, no, no. That was. This is another one. Okay. So the one that did ten years is a different. The one that that stayed behind. Oh, okay. That's the, that's the guy that was like, that was my guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, you know, so I went when he called me and everything, and I told me, yeah, man, I can't be around this no more and that. So he took it to like offense. It's like, oh, this is whatever. You know what I mean? So I stopped talking to him for like maybe like a month or something because he felt that I just don't want him, period. But, you know what I mean? Whatever. Yeah. And at the time, you know, God was already working on me and doing all these things. You know what I mean? Where I was like, uh, I went to uh, a church with my parents. And then like after like a year or whatever, I became a youth leader there. Okay. I mean, so I mean, I mean, God, that, that's just one of God's callings for me. So I was the youth leader there. You know what I mean? I was helping, you know, with the kids. And, they, and it grew from like two kids to like 30. Oh, wow. wow. So, I mean, God was doing things. You know, and more because they saw me and they're like, oh, this guy is like us or something like us. Mm-hmm. And you can be like this too. And I was like, yeah. You know I mean, you don't have to because especially, again, it goes to the same thing. Latino and Spanish churches, they're very religion, religion. Yeah. They're like, you have to dress this way, you have to be this way, you can't, you know. And I was like, I would I would always have that battle with some people. And I'd be like, like, yeah, you gotta dress like this, or you're gonna be a leader in this. It's like, no, you don't. It's like God sees your heart and you know, the the wisdom that you you're you're giving people and all this stuff. He doesn't care about your looks. Hey, as a youth leader, what kind of things did you teach biblically to the youth? So I was I would teach them regular stuff like the story of Job, you know what I mean, like stories of faith and and 
the struggles that you would deal with at the time and how it's okay, you know, to be better, to to let God take control, especially yeah. with you know, with anything in your life, which is what I was learning at the time. This is very I was very young at the time when I when I took that role, you know what I mean? And I was like I was like, but I knew God had a meaning for it and everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, what can I say? It was it was a lot of stuff like that. And at the same time, I'm learning. And what I was learning is like I would tell them. I remember it came to a point where um, I was already doing classes there and everything. And I met this girl there. And I met her and she was cool and everything. And, and I think like, like uh, two weeks in or something, three weeks in or whatever, I had... Talked to her at the time before this, when I left prison and everything, and I gave my life to God. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to look for like girlfriends anymore. I'm just going to let God bring me the one that is meant for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I always believed that even as a kid. Like, I always believed that's the way it should be. And I waited, and it was like two years later. And my dad would always say, like, oh, if you do, you just make sure you get a, make, a Mexican woman because, you know, they work hard and they do this. And I was like, oh, you know, I was like, oh, whatever. You know? Yeah. And I was like, I don't care. I was like, as long as they have my sense of humor. And How old were you when that happened? Knowing your dad said that to you. Oh, I was like 23, 24. Really? Did you say, Dad, show me in the Bible where it says that? Yeah, no, well, you know, it's just like, you know, because my dad is very, <laughs> like, Latinos are better. <laughs> you know? Yep. And I was like, no, no, no. I was like, I know what God says. And, you know, I'm waiting for the woman that God has been for me. And, the only thing I ask is like, you know, she's light skinned because I like that. I was like, there's nothing wrong with that. And I've since a little kid, I always wanted twins. Always wanted twins. Uh-huh. I was always like, I'm gonna have kids, I'm gonna have twins, 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 twins. Yeah. I was like, that's all I cared about. So two years and just waiting and waiting. And then she came in, and then I was just like, again, the beautiful thing is like even the way God talks about it, how it, you know, from friends it turns into this. So it was a good friendship and everything. And I remember we were working on some kind of posters for the church. And God was like, This is her. Hmm. And I was like, whew, I felt like a kid in, in high school. And I was like, I got to go. And I'm driving home. I was like, are you for real? Are you for real? I was like, because I don't want to make a mistake, God. I was like, are you for real? Because I've been waiting two years. You know, I don't know. Yeah. So that happens. And then the next day, that was on a Saturday night. And then the next day, she's like, oh, I'll see you at church. But she's like, when I went to church, I was, she was like, my sister's coming. And I was like, oh, that's cool. You're a month in and your sister's finally coming with her family. And then when she comes in, it's like, she's a twin and she was supposed to be a triplet. Uh-huh. And then, like her, both sides of her family are like twins everywhere. So then, God was more like, "See, this is what it is." Uh-huh. So I was like, "Oh man, that's amazing, right?" And you know, you move six years, and and everything was great. You know, six years pass. I was with her. You know, I was like, I got engaged, did the whole thing, uh-huh. and like a month before the wedding, I was like, the, maybe two months, three months before, I was already like oh, I don't feel good, like my back. And I was sleeping a lot. And I was having all these weird pains that I never had all these other years. Mm-hmm. And I would sleep a lot and everything. And I ended up going to doctors and the doctors were like, yeah, well, your back is this. And they're telling me more or less what it is that the problems are. Because of the cerebral palsy? Mm-hmm. And the other stuff. Yeah. yeah. And a month before the wedding, not even, like two weeks, we sat and she was like... um, I know with you, I'll have security and everything that I need. But with your situation, it's not enough. That broke me. Wow. That shattered me. Wow. You know what I mean? And that's when my depression 
Amen. And I, I say that to people. It's like, it is crazy how we know how amazing and great God is and what can he can He can do. Yeah. But human nature sometimes is like, it's easy to be like, oh, and get down so fast. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's like, it's sad. Like, really. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that happened and I'm just like not doing anything, whatever. So I was like, what's the point of anything? Again, I go that one thing that I was like, okay, well, God's in my life and this is that one positive thing that I'm getting. It's all gone. So what's the point of anything, right? Man. And at this time, it's when I was like really like super heavy, like insanely heavy. And I don't know if I showed you this. Holy moly. No, no. That's not even the biggest that I got. Okay. Man, that don't even look like you. No, bro. no. Wait, wait, wait. You see? That's you right there, too? That's me. No, this is, this is the biggest I'll be right here. Watch. This right here. That's just huge. Wow. It doesn't even look like you, yeah, bro. That's me, right? And that was before... Before she told me all this stuff. And I was already trying to lose weight for the wedding, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I was already having issues. And then... So that happened. I got like super depressed. I was eating nothing. You know, and then I was going to doctors because more pains were coming in. Yeah. And that's when they started to give me like, you know, like pain meds. Oh, okay. So this is when this kicks in. They giving you hard stuff? Huh? What kind of, are they giving you really hard narcotics? No, I mean, at the beginning, it wasn't like that crazy because it, it, this is a span of 10 years right here. That's uh-huh. kind of what I'm going to tell you with all these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, so it started all right. Like, you know, probably like your basic, I mean, I don't, I couldn't tell you right now what it was, you know what I mean? But it was your basic entry level pain meds probably. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? That plus, like, again, being depressed, I got, like, really unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. can't be that big and drop that fast. But he's, right, you can tell, though, on the skin and, and just everything, you can tell. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? That it's just not, it's not healthy. And I'm still not healthy. And I was feeling a little better because all this weight is gone. Yeah. But it wasn't, you know, the same. And I remember at the time, I was like, okay. And my brother had moved back, you know, to Arizona. And he was like, he's a, he's a professional bodybuilder. So he was just like, good. And he's doing all these things and he knows how to eat. So he was like, oh, man, let's just go to the gym. And that's how you'll take away this <laughs> depression. And, and I was like, you know what? I was like, screw it. Let's go. Let's do it. And his answer to me, because I was like, God didn't, took this away from me. And it was mine. You know, it was supposed to be for me. What do I do now? And my brother's answer was like, no, nah, man, you just got to go out there and screw. I mean, you'll get over it. Yeah. And I was like, maybe, you know, because you're still, you're still stupid. You know what I mean? And I was like, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to do this. And and that's what I was getting in shape. You know what I mean? And it's like with, with my brother, it is so cru- horrible three months of working out and eating. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But if you do it right, if it is like insane, horrible. Oh, wow. dang. And he's like. Started getting into it? Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is it. And I was still feeling some back problems and everything. Yeah. But I was like setting this, you know. And did it help your depression? It did to some or extent. did it like mask like, it a little bit? No, yeah. That's what I say. It's probably more of a mask. You know what I mean? Because I was still like, I wasn't deal. I didn't deal with the issue mm-hmm. with her and all that and what she said. Mm-hmm. I basically just put it out. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I did. I, 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 I honestly never dealt with it to maybe like two weeks ago. Wow. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. It's a crazy thing. You know what I mean? So I was just doing this, and, and I'll tell you a funny story with all this. So I was like, I was like, you know what? Maybe he's right, and I'll, I'll go date, and I'll do, you know, you know, because I had a friend at the time that was staying with me, and he was like, oh, I'm like on this freaking dating app. And I was like, oh, let's see. Yeah. Right? And I went on there, and 
And I, I laugh because I think it's funny how women always say like, oh, guys are so nasty and perverted and this and that. And it's true. Right. But at the time, like when I went in there, like these women were telling me like what they're going to do. And I was like, oh, my God, I never knew this side yeah. of any of that. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I was like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> right. And I, I went on a date with one of them. And the funny thing is, I went and we went to eat and everything. And she's like, oh, let me drive around. Let me drive you around. I was like, OK, whatever. So at the end, I was like, yeah, what do you want to do? I was like, I don't know. Let's just, you know, we'll go talk or, you know, play some mini golf or whatever I was telling Yeah. She's like, no, no, no. And she's like, let's go to this park and just talk. And I was like, okay. So she takes me to this park. She knows what she's doing. She takes me to this park. It's like really like secluded, like in the dark over there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, that's cool. And I'm just talking and everything. You know, at the same time, like my principles have always been like very gentlemen. I've always been that person. Mm-hmm. And she was basically, you know, insinuating, let's do something. And she was like, oh, my friends are sending me these dirty things because, you know, they're crazy. And I'm like, oh, that's funny. And then at the end of the time, she's just like, so what's up with you then? Are you gay or something? And I, was, I started laughing. Oh, because you weren't doing anything? <laughs> I just started laughing. I was like, the idea alone that you you go and your number one thought is like, are you gay or something? Instead of like, man, this is a gentleman. gentleman. Mm-hmm. This is somebody that is that's respecting crazy. me. And once I said that, she's like, oh, no, 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 I'm so sorry. I was like, well, there's no point anymore. Yeah. I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, it's just, that's what it is. You know what I mean? And that was just like the funniest thing to me that I always like to talk about that because I was like, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it is true, especially from someone that has in the past tried dating apps and stuff. Gentlemen are hard to come by, you mm-hmm. know, and there is, it is, it's crazy because we like women expect now to not get a gentleman mm. and that's that's reverse like we should yeah. be setting the bar mm. as nothing less than gentlemen and even raise it a little bit and mm. be a godly gentleman you know like yeah yeah it's and i mean how, how do you expect like really when you think about it now i mean and, and back before the internet it's like you had to meet someone and have a conversation with them and become friends with them and now it's like people kind of have this like this understanding of what a dating app is. It's like, oh, it's easy. Yeah. You know, we ain't got to really do much. Let's just be friends right? Let's, with yeah. benefits. I you like know what you. I mean? You don't and, have to knock on the door yeah. and potentially meet a parent. Yeah. Or, yeah. Everything meet is, me outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it's true. I mean, right? it's crazy. I used to do it on social media because I had over 29,000 followers and I called it Vance Harmony because guess what people say? Vance Harmony? You just always just want to go on a date. Just meet me on social media. So. Vance Madison. Yeah. This is before I got saved. (laughs) When I started reading the Bible and I saw that you can't have sex outside of marriage, I Mm -hmm. repented and I even went on that social media page and said, I'm closing this page down because I'm actually being a sinner and I'm a child of the devil. Right? (laughs) VanceHarmony.com. It's crazy when you say that, though. (laughs) It's crazy. It's because at the time, too, after that interaction, (laughs) that's that's funny. I had other ones that I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to do it. Right? But at the same time, God would not let me do it. Mm. God would give me all this like, no, no. And I would be kind of mad. Because I'd be like, God, you took this away. But then you don't let me do this. I was like, you make me feel like I'm in the middle. And you hate, you say you hate the middle. You're like, it's like vomit to you. Yeah. And I was like, so it's like, I don't, I was like, I don't understand. And I was like, help me understand. You know what yeah. I mean? But mm-hmm. it was just like, God's like, I have like, basically what God was saying is like, I have something better for you. I is. like that because that's biblical too because scripture does say, yeah. well, I forgot who it was that said it, but he said, God, help me with my unbelief. Yeah, yeah you know what I mean? Yes. So then I was like, and I just gave up on that and I'm like, I'm just going to focus on on lifting and 
and this and that. So I got into like powerlifting, which is like I got bigger. Dang, bro. That's the same for, for somebody with cerebral palsy, man. More impressed mm-hmm. by the sideburns. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, so I went from that to like even, you know, like which I like. I show these just because I go. That's good, though. Somebody like me should not be able really to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those are the things that I say. But when you want something and, and you give it to God and, again, your brain is a muscle. You can mm-hmm. train it. Hmm. You know I like I mean? that. You can train it. Mm-hmm. So it's like I was doing those things, but then like the pain and, and my first surgery came in. Oh, wow. My first back surgery came in, and after that, I've had like over 25 surgeries. I've had 27. Oh, man. Dang. Tw- yeah, I got, I got like three more coming up. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, so so like, after one, it was just like constant? Yes, it was like one, and then like, oh, like every couple months is different back, ankle, you know, things like that, and... Is that just caused by like the yeah. cerebral palsy? Just yeah, it's just it's just so like um, I'll tell you like my back is because my you're you're depending on who it is like I am one of those rare people that that actually actually can self be self sufficient. Yeah, be like walking like you see like I'm like walking with a cane, but I sh- like you see anybody they have a walker or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or they don't they're in a chair. You know what I mean? But I've always pushed myself to not be that person. I know eventually I have to be that, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. I just, as long as I can hold that, yeah, I'm willing to work for that. Mm-hmm. You know. And do you do you? But like, I'm just curious. Like, do you believe that you have to do that at one point? You do have. I do. To? I do. I see my body from just alone three years ago, bro, and it's like, yeah, it's not the same. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I, mean I, yeah. I get it, but I'm okay with it now. Like before, you've accepted. This, yeah, like before when you, be... we used to go to because we used to go to Disneyland every year growing up. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And I would struggle, but I was always like, no, no. And I would push myself and I would get angry. I'm going to walk the whole way through and I'm going to walk everywhere. At the night, I would have blisters and everything in my feet, but and I would barely walk the next day. But I was like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. That's that's just the mentality I had as a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's like, you guys are all walking. Why do I have to be in the chair? Mm-hmm. You know, like they would just make me angry. Be like, just get a chair. And my mom's like, come on. I was like, no, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm like, fast, pass, fast, pass, pass. Yeah. Let's get to the front oh, of the line. Now I'm the one that's like, yes, I have this and this. What do I get? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So uh, you said that you started having all of these like different surgeries. Yeah. So the first one was a back surgery. And that's when, again, more meds came in. Oh, wow. Serious surgeries. So like my thing is I came into here for different circumstances not because i so much that i I liked to get high with the drugs and everything Uh it's just because i needed it in 10 years you know and so many surgeries and i remember my first surgery on my on this foot Uh right foot so i the joint that goes this way was so bad with like uh cartilage and and like the arthritis in it they had to remove it and then they had to because of that they had to extend my tendon, which is that, that's why I have the staples right there. Oh, wow. Right? Mm-hmm. And that pain right there, it's the worst pain I've ever had in my life. Removing the tendon? Oh, like they had to stretch it. So my tendon, as cerebral palsy, your tendons are already like this because you have cerebral palsy. Okay. That's why they're always like this or, or like this because the tendons are just so tight. Right? So my legs were like that. And then getting it tighter is like the pain alone woke me up off of the thing. Wow. And I was just screaming and everything, and my mom and uh, my little buddy was there, and they were just like, oh, I don't know what to do. They had to put me out again. 
Oh my God. Because it was that bad. And even when I went home, if it was just like a really little twitch, I couldn't handle it because it was so stretched out. It was like insane. So, so how many surgeries were we at when you came to ARC? Mm. How many had you gone through at that point? Probably, I was already there like at 20. At like 20? Yeah. Wow. And so now that you, you're, you've got 25, I think if you, yeah. you, you and Vance both said numbers yeah. and you lost. You got 27. There. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. <laughs> but do you do them without medication now? or No, 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 okay? no, no. So, no, I don't because I learned for me. Mm-hmm. I get why people, and when I remember when I would still talk to some people here, they'd be like, oh, you're going to get meds? I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, aren't you afraid? I was like, nah, man. I was like, because I gave that to God and God took care of that. Once you give those things to God and you really do it, it's like God even tells you, you don't come back to it. You mm-hmm. don't. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was like, and I'm confident. I was like, God's taking care of these things. You don't go back. If you go back to anything that you give to God, because you didn't really give it to God. Mm, that's powerful. Yeah. Man. So, so like, I remember you saying, I, I think I think it was, were you the one that told me that the medications that they started giving you were so powerful that you were even taking one that, like, they give cancer yeah. patients, right? Yeah, before? yeah, that's where I was going. So, the funny thing is, like, with this surgery, the first foot surgery. Mm-hmm. I had a screw, like a screw through the heel to make the thing, and then another one. And then when I went to therapy, oh physical therapy, and I came out of it, and I was like, oh, that's was some fear rate. And I went to the doctor, like my screw broke. You see it right there. Oh. Yeah, so it broke. Like, Those are some a, big screws. I had a complete yeah. ankle replacement. Yeah. Okay. So it broke, and I was like, yeah, and... and I think, oh, you only have two screws? I got 14. No, yeah, well, that's the first one, man. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. I got 14 yeah, screws all nah. up here. If we yeah. could bring the x-ray machine in here, right? we right? count yeah, all yeah, the screws. Yeah. <laughs> so I have right. some competitors in our... <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know, I had a whole foot reconstruction like two years ago. Now it's got like, I think the same. Like No, I have like 11 screws in this. Mine had them playing against the Seattle Seahawks, and they had to put me under... On, on the uh, football field like they did that other young man, but he actually fell out. They had to put me under. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I'll tell you a good story how I had to get mine. I mean, I think it's pretty good. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so I had to get that. I had to get a s- emergency surgery again because of that. And they were like, oh, and so then they, they had to do the other one. And they had to here at the heel, uh-huh. they had to take out bone. Yeah. Because at the bottom of my foot, because of the way my feet are, it wasn't healing right. Uh-huh. So I had to take off bone from somewhere else to put it there. Oh, man. That reminds me of mine, but mine goes all the way up to here. <laughs> That's right? crazy. Wow. And then, so I had that, and then they couldn't, oh, man, I took it off. They couldn't take off that little half that was left. Mm-hmm. So I have two screws in and a half because they can never take mm-hmm. that half off. Oh. They were like, we can't move it because, you know, we might have to do more, and it would actually might be worse than it is good for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... And then I had, like, as the time went, I had surgeries where, like, they had to file down my bones because, like, the way that it was doing. So it was always small tweaks, but then bigger things, you know what I mean? Yeah. To mm-hmm. the surgeries. And then I had, like, many on my back. I had a, I had to get these wires connected to the nerves in my spine. So I had all these wires on my back. Man. They go through my spine, like, in every single thing through the vertebrae. And I have, like, this big battery that just kicks it on my right side. And it's like, I like to me, it's like, you see how much, side note, you know, it's how much they, they screw you because this battery has been on for four years straight and it hasn't turned off. But Man. then your batteries on your phones are like, it's dead in eight hours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe we got a solar panel somewhere. Yeah, yeah, 
you know, so it's kind of like you're like, oh, okay, you know, whatever. But at this time, so when I had all the surgery in the second one, I was very depressed. That's when I was. They were giving me. I think that's when they were giving me oxycodone already. Uh-huh. I was taking that in like morphine at the time. Wow. At the same time. And I was just very depressed and I would not leave my room. And, and the sad thing is when you have good income and depression, you go nowhere. <laughs> yeah. You know I mean, you do nothing. Mm-hmm. And I remember at the time I was drawing and I, this is the only painting that I've ever made. Mm-hmm. And, like, and people are like, oh, you should paint another one. And I was like, it takes, I, I feel like it takes away the meaning of this painting for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I sat there and I painted this. Wow. Yeah. So I was like, trying to put myself back together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's beautiful. I like that. You know, and I was trying to really put that paint in the eyes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when, I mean, you know, you fast forward and it got to a point where, again, honestly, if I had, if I had, like, I, I like to put my feelings to drawings mm-hmm. you know what i mean and it's like i put if i had a gun at the time i I wouldn't be here i really wouldn't be here wow you know what i mean because that's how i really felt mm-hmm. you know and because it, it was to the point where you're like eight years nine years in and you're taking the strongest oxy strongest morphines um there was some other things and i was taking all these muscle relaxers so it's like it's like it i, I tell people like i really feel like it kills your soul like it mm-hmm. really does yeah. It really does. It makes you like so blah. You know what I mean? Like you don't care about anything like your mind, your heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like they were giving me this stuff called subsis. Have you heard of that? Mm-mm. So subsis is, I had to go to this freaking pharmacy, like freaking far past this ridge, like 30 minutes past that way. Wow. I mean, like 40 minutes and it's like in the middle of nowhere. And it's like these little, they look like these little, like small syringes. It's like this. All right. Mm-hmm. And you put it under your tongue and you, sp- it's like a little spray. And then like, not even a minute later, it's like pain free for like four hours, five hours. But the thing is, is like, I don't even know how my doctor was like, oh, you can, you can qualify for this. Is they give this to cancer patients when they're close to the end. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, the doctor was like, no, no, no. Yes, you qualify for it. That's crazy, dude. So I was taking this. Plus the strongest oxys, the strongest morphine, like all these muscle relaxers, everything at the same time. Wow. So the last four years was all this. And it got to the point where the last year, it wasn't even lasting a week because my body's just so like, it's so addicted to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Become dependent on so all of those. So dependent, like insanely dependent. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and it's kind of like, it got to a point where it was nothing. I was doing nothing. And the la- one of the last straws for me, was my niece and nephew. Because I remember they were like, the next day, they were like, oh my God, uncle, this was great. It's awesome. We had so much fun yesterday and I don't remember nothing. Wow. But they were like, you were having fun. You were laughing. You were talking. Mm-hmm. I remember nothing. And to yeah. me, it was like, what am I doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? And take it that I get, at the same time, the addiction was causing problems with my family. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, obvious, like all this stuff in that week, it's insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So then I would draw like stuff like this and, and things where, you know, it tells you, like it tells. Intelligence without ambition is a bird without wings. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I would draw like I drew a heart where it's like there's nothing pumping through it. So it's dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, that's when I basically just decided to be like, I'm going to go. You know what I mean? Because it came to the point where like, you're like, they were like, you can't be here. 
And I really felt like I just want, didn't want to live because everything was just going bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember my brother saw that. And my brother was like, he's like, we sat alone and he was like, dude, I know what you're doing. I know you don't care. I know you don't want to live. He's like, you just can't do that with your parents, you know, with parents around. He's like, you can look at them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I got to the point where I was like, it's true, I should just go sunset and do whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even though, like I say, we're so stupid because we know the answer. We know we can fix all this, but we're stupid at the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's what I called. And then I called so many rehab places. And all of them, they're like, no, no, no. And this was the only one. And they were like, oh, we're in Tucson now. And I was like, you know what? I don't care. Like, oh, we'll go pick you up too. I was like, even better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And then I came here. And I was like, at the time, I had like all these dreads, fat dreads, and this long beard. <laughs> yeah. And then I just came here. And I remember coming here, I was just going to come here for detox. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's all I need. I was like, I feel like mentally I might be okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. I can, you know, let God work on me again, whatever. And that was the only thing that I was coming here for, for detox. I came here. And when I was in detox, um, I forgot who it was, but there she was telling me, like, it's like, you know, if you, you should think about going to, to the other side. It's like, because they have therapists. Yeah. And I was like, that's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all my life, I always wanted to go to a therapist. But I never yeah. went to or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was telling her, and I was like, hey, if I go over... And I talked to her, whatever, and it doesn't work for me. I can leave, though, right? And she's like, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, cool. So I went over, and this is when I met uh, Stephanie. You know what I mean? And and she, I talked to her, and I told her, like, everything that I'm basically telling you guys. Mm-hmm. And she was like, she's like, that's interesting. She was like, you know what? And she's like, you don't need to do every step that you have to do for this, because I don't feel like everything applies to you. She's like, but you do have to do these like couple ones. She's like, but this main one that I want you to do is your goodbye letter. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I was like, it sounds easy. Yeah. Sounds cool. So I went home. I went to the room. I sat there. And as soon as I sat there and I started writing it, just breaking down, like crying. Because I was like, how can I say goodbye to something that I use to make me feel normal? And for those who don't know, the goodbye letter is, is a letter you write out to the substance, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. To whatever it is that brought you here to let it go and, and you know, yeah. all that stuff. So that's what I was writing. It's like, how can I say goodbye to something that helps me be like you, helps me be productive? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know that if I stop taking, I might be bedridden. Mm-hmm. So I was just like bawling because I was like, I got all these fears yeah. mm-hmm. coming in. You know, and I was like, uh, I was like, but I, I remember and I was praying in the middle of this and I was like, but you know what? And I wrote it on there. I was like, I know that I have a, a, a God of strength, a God of power, mm-hmm. a God that is going to be, that is my foundation. It's like, so it's like, all I got to do is take that first step and he will guide me the rest. Essentially, mm-hmm. you said that because you mentioned the death of the soul, but actually the Bible says the soul does not die. It says, for we will all appear before the judgment seat after yeah. your body dies and you will be judged for what you did when you were in the body. You'll be inheriting the kingdom of God yeah. or cast into hell. There's only two, two right? places we go to. So the soul does not die. Well, but I said, I said. 
it feels like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just, I was just going. Yeah, out. yeah, no, I, I love it. I love yeah. that you're putting that out there. That's awesome. And by the way, I understand. Yeah, yeah. And that's what, that's scriptural too. You know what yeah. it says? We don't walk by feelings. Exactly. So thank you for exactly. validating that yeah. too. There you go. Yeah. Exactly, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So. Good job, man. Yeah, thank you, man. Same. Um, I love, you know, I mean, so I'm talking and doing that and writing the letter. I remember when I did it, you know how you know how you have your little groups, and I was like, I told I told her I was like, I can't read it. I was like, if I read, I, I won't even finish this letter. <laughs> he started to read it, you know, for me, and it was that's like the first time. Like God's done so many things with me and through me for people, and I always said, oh, God wanted me to preach or what? God wanted me to be this kind of person. It wasn't until I got here that God said, this is what you're supposed to do, you know? Because I remember when she read it. And everybody in the room was like, you put life into a different perspective with the way they, because you're here, because you have to be here, but we're here because we want to be here. Mm. Yeah. They were like, it makes me feel stupid. They were, you know, some of them were saying that. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel like I need to grow up or whatever, whatever. And that's when God was like, this is it. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. I, like and I, I went home. I went to the, I keep saying home to the room because it was, it felt like a home. You know? <laughs> yeah. I really did because I had that one room by myself, you know. Yeah. Thanks, handicap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God was using it towards your advantage. Yeah, it changed. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's that. And then I remember going there and I was like, oh man, that's freaking awesome. And I, I was so excited and, you know, full of the spirit. I was like, yeah. Yeah. And then I remember like the next day, the next day I was in there because I was talking to her about like the painting in her room because she would put these little wooden things where people would write. Everybody that came through her room, she would they would write whatever message, whatever. Yeah. And she would put it in the wall. And I would always go in there. I was like, you know, it'd be cool if you drew a tree. And then all those little things would make the leaves. And as the more you get, mm-hmm. the more, you know, it'll be fuller. She's like, oh, that's cool. She's like, I'm going to have to go to a hobby. I was, like, I was like, you know, it'd be cool. <laughs> I kept yeah. saying, you know, I was like, I could do that for you. She's like, are you a good artist? I was like, yeah. Like nobody knew at the time that I could draw or anything here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I was like, yeah, yeah. Like I can do that. And she's like, okay. You know, and she's straight, like straight up, like just because we, we we hit it off really good, like right away. And mm-hmm. it just became into a great friendship, me and her. And she was like, yeah, I completely trust you. And I was like, okay. So I started doing the little the drawing. I did it with chalk first just so she could see what I was going to do. Yeah, I remember you know I mean? that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember people would come in because she had the door open and people would be like, what is he doing? You know, like, and she's like, oh, he's going to paint on my wall. Yeah. And this and that. And then I remember one of the times, and God was already like pushing me to be like, just, you know, take those steps, those blind steps, those steps of faith, man. Mm-hmm. If you got, there's a door open, don't think about it, just go. Yeah. And I'm like, heck yeah, man. It's, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. Right. And I was doing this and Jen came in and she was talking to her and they were like, I don't know what to do. We can't figure something out because the yoga instructor it's like she's sick or she's gone. She so we have two hours to fill, right? Mm-hmm. And then I right away, a guy was just like, "Hey," and I was like, "Hey, I could do something." And then they were like, "What are you gonna do?" And I was like, "I was like, I don't know, but I can do something if you wanted me to." And then and then Stephanie was like, "Like what?" Though? And I was like, "Well, I can maybe I can. I've never taught an art class, but maybe I could do that." Oh wow! And 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 then Jen was like, mm. <laughs> "You know, I remember that." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, she like, she looked at like Stephanie and Stephanie was like, I trust him. If he says he can do it, you do it. And I was like, okay. And they're like, okay, man. Two hours tomorrow. And I was like, a two hour class? Like, well, because you know how it was like guys and the girls were separate. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a way different residential. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because it was like different. Yeah, because it was like the guys and then the girls. Yeah. 
But then they were like, we're going to put them together. And I was like, that's cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they were like, well, what are you going to do? I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> I was like, but I mean, just, I feel like you just have to trust me. Yeah. I was like, but it's like, you know, we'll see what God wants to do. And then Stephanie was like, okay, you know, do it. Go ahead. So I went into the room and I'm like, what am I going to do? So I'm thinking all these things. I was like, I've never teached in art class. Ever. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I could do, maybe I can make them draw something that, that it'll be from the outside in. And then they could see like, oh, you know, always look at the big picture. Don't look at just one thing. Mm-hmm. So try to give a lesson through it. You know what I mean? And then it was like midnight and I'm still like, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I just went and I was like, I'm going to go back to basics. And, t- and, and that way I can teach them with my drawings to basics. That anybody can draw as long as you put effort into it. And at the same time, when you want to start something new and something different, like or, or whatever it is, you have to go to your basics away from what you know. Yeah. So you actually do something, you know. So then I went and I, I went the next day and I was using this same tablet because I was like drawing it and I was using it as the same thing. It's like, oh, who wants to come and draw like an egg or whatever? Mm-hmm. But at the beginning, I remember when I started, I was like. Like Jen was like, oh, he's gonna do this class, whatever. And then I was like, it's like I was like, it's either gonna go really good or freaking horribly wrong. I was like, we'll find that together. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know I mean? But I was like, it is what it is. And the class went really well. And that was the other one where guy was like, This is you. Wow. You know what I mean? Because again, I was just like, I'm just gonna go, you know, faith, you know, poof, blind steps of faith. Yeah, that's good, man. You know what I mean? So how long and so you came through did we had an IOP program at the time too, right? Yeah, yeah. Did you go to the IOP program? No, too? no, no, no. Because no. I remember I, I was gonna leave sooner and then everybody was like, Don't leave because people were talking to me and I don't know if you remember like Stephanie and, and the rest of the people, they were like, If he's out talking to somebody, leave, you know, leave them be. Because he's like he's always trying to push people and be positive and all these things. Yeah. Cause that's all I was doing. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, absolutely. Like when you were when you would walk around, it's like I would just sit there and like look at people because I would see and listen to them. And 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 my heart was already big for people, but when I came here, it just freaking grew. And pray with them mm-hmm. and talk. Yes, yeah, like I was doing all those things with them. You know what I mean? And I had so many different amazing stories with other people. Yeah. Did I remember for Christmas I was gonna go home, but then they were like, "No, no, you know, you're gonna miss you and this and that." And I remember telling Stephanie. I was like, hey, could I leave and then come back? She's like, we don't really do that. You can't do that because of insurance and this and that. And I was like, okay. You know, I was like, let me see. I was like, well, she's like, we'll talk to your insurance and we'll see. And I was like, oh, I was just praying the whole time. I was like, okay, God. It's like, I want to come back to help people and to show some of these people that they can trust in even a stranger sometimes when they say, I'll be back. They'll see that I do come back and I do, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I was like, but I mean, whatever you want to do, God, it is up to you. Just. You know, it is your will. Yes, sir. And I went and, and I went and I talked to the insurance and the insurance was like, uh, they were like, yeah, well, we'll get back to you. Then the next day they got back to me because this was three days before I was leaving. Then the next day they got back to me and I was like, okay. They were like, the insurance was like, it's fine. We'll let this, you know, we'll, we'll, don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. And then I had to tell Stephanie and then they have their meetings, you know, and they were like, well, we have to see what they say. And then I remember that first day they're like, no, we didn't have the meeting because there was all these things that happened somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh my God, maybe I'm not supposed to, to come leave. back or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But then, like, the day before I was like, they were coming to pick me up, like, Stephanie came and she was like, oh, she's like, You're, we, we all talked about it and it's fine. You know, wow, that's great. And I was like, wow. Right. So at this time, I think I, I had already finished the tree and I left and I came back. And I remember at this time, I was 
There was that guy that was drawing here where we drawing stuff for people. And that guy that guy left and took everybody's money or something. And it was Ray. They, they took his money too. Your uncle? Oh, yeah? Yeah. And I remember nobody knew I was drawing at the time. And I was like, I felt so bad for him because of the, like, the, the thing that he asked that guy to draw. Yeah. And he's like, and it was for his kid and this and that. And I was like, ah, oh, dude. And I remember I told him, I was like, you know what, bro? It's like, I'm going to go home. Like, but I'm going to draw you something. I was like, and hopefully... You know, hopefully you like it, and you know, and it does good, for, you know, for you and your kid. And um, <clears throat> I went home, and I was getting all these things that I said, "Oh, I'm gonna get these stuff for people and show them that there's people that are strangers that still care, whatever." Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and then um, I'll show you some of my work right now. And I just have this thing where I tell you, I'm I'm legally blind, right? Okay. Like I can't without glasses or anything. I can't drive, do nothing. Okay. Mm-hmm. When I draw, this is how I feel comfortable. With glasses, I feel so off. But this is part of what, like, gives me income. Mm-hmm. That's another one where I was like, I could do anything. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. Just different things. Yeah. That's cool. Wow. Yeah, we're going to have to share these with you guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. That's amazing, Erico. And so when you draw and you can't see as well, are you just trusting? Your- In my head, that's why, that's why even when I go to the eye doctors, I tell them. They're like, yeah, well, this is what it is. But I was like, but I see this. And when I show them stuff like this, they're like, how do you? I was like, I see it. I was like, I do see it. Mm-hmm. Like, what I'm drawing is what I see, not what I think it looks like. I was like, I see the shades. I see this. I see the textures. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, to me, it's like, what is it other than if it's not a miracle? Yeah. You know oh, I mean? That's awesome. I've gotten to um, a point where even like I did, I went from like regular artwork, like on paper, pencil. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? To digital, because, I mean, digital is, like, the way to go now, right? Yeah. But I'll show you. So, Erico, I have a question. How yeah. how many how many days, how long has it been now that you've been, like, clean and, and freed from that? Ever since I left here, man, which was, like, what, 2019? 2019. 2019. Dang, ever since, huh? Yeah, I mean, there's nothing. You mind if I give you another applause for that? Yeah, one, no, bro? thank you, man. Yeah, that's good, man. Like, I, I tell you, once you give it to God, man. That's great. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. You know, even when I did, I had to get that big surgery, which was two years ago. Mm-hmm. I used it enough just for the main days, but that was easy for me to. Just let go of it. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's like, like I said. It's all in the brain. Give it to God and it's, all, it's like, that's number two. That's what I tell people. It's like number two. Number one is like, give it to God, let God take care of it. And then two is like, dude, your brain, you can, you can train it to do whatever you want. Um, I have these, which I love this one. I think you'll love that. That's my Bible. DNA, deeply rooted. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. And then at the same time, this one, I drew this before because I was always like, oh, you know, I know the, I know how the Bible talks about how the angels are. But at the, time, at the time I would draw this, I'd be like, I think angels would have blindfolds because they walk by faith. Mm. They don't wow. walk by looking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that's always something that, like, those are the things that I would draw back then, even when I was in prison, you know. And so they're like, why? And I was like, well, that just makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, that's really cool. <laughs> that's know? great, man. Yeah. Um, so I remember when I left here. Uh-huh. And that's when Stephanie was like, come here every, like, month and speak, you know. Because I, I remember after I did the class. <laughs> Thing, the drawing class the next day Stephanie was like hey I would like for you before you leave to speak of your life okay 
And I didn't know that she was bringing like everybody, everybody into that room. Wow. Everybody, like everybody she bring, like everybody. And then she was like, you know, told me to speak on like, you know, like a condensed from what I'm talking today, but more condensed about like all this other stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I did. And then that's when even God was like, this is your job. This is what you're supposed to do with everything else. And I remember I left and then and then Stephanie's like, I want you to come every month. And I was like, okay. And I was like, give me a little bit so I can figure things out and maybe get in some kind of shape. And I, I go, so I can build this keynote. Yeah. Too. And I remember through the month, the two months and I was like, man, this is good. And this is when I was doing these drugs and I was crying like I told you guys. And I was like, oh, this is really still hitting me. Yeah. And I remember I was like, there's something missing. There's something missing to this thing. Uh-huh. And I remember... My brother came a week, like a week before. He's like, hey, next weekend, we're, I'm going to take the kids to do this mud run, this 5K mud run. And I was like, and God was like, that's it to me. And I was like, what? I've never done anything like this. You know what I mean? And I was like, okay. I was like, but if God's telling me to do it, who am I to go against it? And mud run is like a competition? So it's like, yeah. So you're, it's like a 5K where you're basically just going and then you do all these obstacle courses. Okay. And the story behind this, I love it. I love this because he says, like, there's no doubt that this is God working. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, okay. And then I, I, I'm i like off meds. This is two months off. So my body's still trying to adjust, figure everything out. And I'm like, well, I, I'm barely, I'm afraid to do things because it's like my back and I have nothing. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, if God's telling me to do this, who am I going to go against it? And this is where tests come in because it really shows how much, how faithful you're going to be. How much like will strength and, and all these things you're gonna have really for what you wanna do. You know what I mean? So Monday comes by and I'm like, that's okay, we're good. And then Tuesday came by, my back started to hurt. And I was like, you know, I mean like no shape whatsoever to even do a five K dude. I've never run it. Like I used to run when I was in high school and that's barely. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. What I mean, and that's it. So that's happening, and I'm like, Wednesday comes in, my right ankle is killing me, my back is killing me. Thursday, Friday is like the worst. Friday. Cause it was on a Saturday. Friday, my brother comes at night and he's like, he saw me. He saw I was in horrible shape. And he was like, yo. He's like, tell me if you're really going to do this because this is like two hours away. He's like, I'm not going to wake up super early for nothing. So that was my out if I wanted it. But I was like, no. You know, I was like, no, God. And I was like, no, we're going to do it. And I was just praying the whole night. I was like, okay, God. I was like, I am so giving it to you. And I was like, you know what you're doing. And the next day we're driving out there. I'm like still like just praying and praying and praying. I'm just like, all right, God. I was like, I don't know how this is going to go. And all I was praying in my head was like, I do not care if I don't finish. As long as my body gives up. That I'm fine with that. I can live with that. But do not let my heart or my mind give up. <laughs> did, you, did you finish? Yeah. Let me, let me tell you. Man, I could imagine the pain your body was. Oh, no. I, show, I have this picture. That's a body broken right there. There was one part where it was like, I think it's in this, it? yeah, where it's like really heavy, thick mud. Uh-huh. Right? And you need your back and your legs to do this. I don't have either one. <laughs> right? But what's funny is like, I don't know if you saw when I'm jumping, they give you a number. Mm-hmm. And my niece was like, 911, 911. And they're like, we need to call them. That was my number. Like that funny thing that guy would give oh, me. Oh, really? Like, that was the number? You know, I have the picture when I'm jumping, you see the number 911. That's cool. <laughs> right? So this part right here, 
with the heavy mud is like I had to figure out this way because I couldn't move. And my brother, when I was going to jump down, my brother was like, don't do it. He's like, this is insane. Yeah. But I was like, how can I say I did this if I don't do all of it? Wow, man. Right? So I went in there and that really just drained my body. My lips were white. And I felt like I'm done. I had to figure out this way to kind of do like little crunches to move so slow. But once I got out of that, I was like, I think that's it. I think I'm... That took me to 1 Timothy 4.8. It says, for physical training is of some good, mm-hmm. but godliness is of value for Amen. all things. Amen, bro. It holds the promise to both the present life yeah. and the life to come. Amen. See, Amen. Saying. So, see, those are the ones where I'm like, I was just stuck there because I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And the story is my shoes. I work because I have you know, my feet. Mm-hmm. I wore Chuck Taylors. Halfway through the thing, they cracked open. I had rocks inside my feet. Oh, my God. But I still kept going. That's great, man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and to me, this is it. Is that the last picture? That's the last picture. We got to share that one, man. You know I mean, this is like it. And I tell people, a 5K is what? Like three point something miles. They're like, oh, did you finish? Yeah. And, and the thing is, is like every 20 minutes or something, they would send another group, another group, another group. It took me three hours. Wow. That's what I tell people. The three hours is not what matters. It's that I started and I finished. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I was like, and my goal is the next time I go, it's going to be under three hours. That's it. I don't care if it's a minute before. The point is that I'm going to do, even if that a minute before, it's still a better thing than I did before. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like, and that's the state of mind that you need to have for anything that you do. Absolutely. Wow, that's a powerful story, man. So, I mean, and then, yeah, I mean, and that's, it goes through that. And then, I mean, you still learn, like I said, through the years. Last three years, I've learned so much, like even to value true friendships. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even when, you know, like they say, you know, people come for a season, you still value what they teach you or what you teach them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like at the same time, like the last things I could tell you is you learn from people from <laughs> every some far away. Like I have two friends mm-hmm. that are from Scotland and these ladies have become like the closest thing. To me. That's great. You know what I mean? That it's like, one of them is like, uh, she showed me like what a true friend can be. And like, it's like, she's behind you now all the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the other one, she has she has a daughter that has what I have. Oh, wow. And, and she understood me. And this is the first person that understood my thinking and, and certain things that nobody else could get. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then just the friendship along with her, it was like on another level. You know what I mean? And it's like, like yeah, you don't know where... Mm-hmm. The help or anything is going to come from. It's there like across the world. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like the closest thing is like if, if, if I see Buddha here and I'm like, dude, that's my brother. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Man, it's amazing the God, the, the people that God puts in your life too, bro. Yeah, that's, totally. That's, you know what I mean? Amazing. It's kind of like you got to be, you got to look at those blessings and look at it, you know what I mean? And see like, I could do anything, like I said. Yeah. As long as you just take those steps, you know what I mean? Blind mm-hmm. faith. Man. No, that's an incredible story, bro. So, you know, la- my last question for you, man, it would be for anyone out there who's lost or feels like they can't continue with their life. What advice would you give to them? I will say somebody, somebody's opinion of you does not define you. Your disability, your addiction, whatever it is, does not define you. Your past does not define you. Your hurt, your habit, or your yes, hang up. Anything. Mm-hmm. Anything that is a negative thing. Mm-hmm. It's not define you. I mean, Man. there is hope out there. If God can do these things with this broken body, 
What can he not do with you? Mm-hmm. Amen. Very powerful. Well, thank you for coming and driving a long way and <laughs> coming to share your testimony with us. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Story of, of never giving up, man. Mm-hmm. And, and remember, your brain is a muscle, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever you put your mind to mm-hmm. as long as you keep God first. Exactly. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up to our homeboy, Erico. Thank you, Erico, so much for stopping by, brother. I really, really appreciate it, man. Mm-hmm. Everyone else who's out there, go ahead and make sure you check out the Instagram and all of these things. I'm gonna We're going to be posting some of the pictures that he had of the, the Tough Mudder competition. What was it called? Uh, the, it's like Mulligan Mud Runners. Mulligan Mud Runners. Uh, yeah. We're going to be posting pictures so you guys can check out some of his amazing artwork, too. Erico, thank you so yeah, much, you brother. So we much. appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. To everyone else out there, we hope you have an amazing day. Thank you for listening to another episode of the ArtCast. Much love. God bless you guys. And we will see you next week. Peace. What's going on, everybody? This is Buddha from the Arcast, and I just wanted to thank you for checking out this week's episode. It means a lot, and if you could share it with a friend or a loved one, somebody you need in recovery, or maybe somebody who just needs that little bit of extra positivity in their life, we'd greatly appreciate it. If you would like to join us here on the Arcast, either in the studio live or online, hit us up. The links are down in the show notes of this episode, and on there, you can find direct links to our main website here at America's Rehab Campus and all of our social media platforms. Follow us. We keep the posts positive and motivational, focused on recovery, health, and wellness. As you know, in this modern day and age, we need as much love as possible, y'all. And as always, if you or somebody you know is in need of substance abuse treatment, please don't hesitate to give us a call. We're open 24 hours a day, and our direct phone number is 1-833-272-7342. Once again, that phone number is 1-833-272-7342. I hope you all have a beautiful rest of your day. Much love, and God bless. Peace.